0: It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now your host, Mark Bishop. And welcome to another Tucson Means Business in this first month of a brand new year after coming out of an horrendous year. We're still uh, not over it yet. And consequently, there's a lot of people suffering small business as well. And that's the aim of the show, proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club, caring about the community and caring about people in small business who have been battling and getting through this particular time. And I've got a couple of very interesting guests today, two very diverse businesses, both working from home as it stands. My first is Kim Metalberg, who is the owner and travel consultant of Metalberg's Travel Services. Welcome, Kim.
1: Thank you, Mark. It's nice
0: to be here. Good to have you. Appreciate your time. And then I have an owner and teacher and musician of a vocal technique studio, which I've never had before. And uh, this is going to be very interesting, and I'm referring to Janice Jarrett, PhD. Hello, Janice. Welcome.
2: Hi. I appreciate you inviting me.
0: Thank you. Well, you're most welcome. Well, Kim, I'm going to start with you, if you don't mind. Um, The owner and travel consultant How on earth, I mean, the obvious question at the moment is, how is travel getting on for Middleburgs? It must have been a heck of a time for you.
1: Well, Middleburgs, um, just travel in general, I'll, I'll back up a little, travel in general has been basically at a standstill, specifically because of the CDC. So for the last year, all I've been doing is helping people get their funds back versus booking anything.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, uh, we'll talk about that in just a sec. Uh, you, you originally grew up in Woodstock, Illinois, didn't you? Then you moved to Chicago, uh, Wisconsin, then to Buckeye, and now Tucson. How did you find your way here, Kim?
1: It, it's funny that you asked, Mark. My son, his best friend, was going to college down here. We came down to Tucson to visit him for Parents Weekend, and I fell in love with Tucson, and it took me two years to convince him that I wanted to move here. (laughs) He said Tucson was his and he wasn't (laughs) gonna share.
0: Two years. Well, you know, little did you know that five years uh, ago, well, five years later, that you'd end up in, you know, what uh, I think you were telling me you consider as one of the most beautiful cities and call it home. Uh,
1: That is so true. The mountains, I look out my office window and I have the mountains there. And when I go out to the pool, I have the mountains there. So it's just absolutely beautiful. And I'm in Midtown, so it's it's being in the center of everything and yet feeling like you're in the suburbs.
0: Well, you like a lot of people, and that is, you know, normal times. You like to travel. In fact, how many times would it be that you've been to Europe?
1: I've been to Europe five times. Five. New Zealand once, Alaska, Hawaii, Colombia, Mexico three times, the Caribbean, a number of different islands, and two cruises.
0: Interesting, interesting. Well, I'm jealous. Uh, I've been to a few <laughs> of those, but not the lot. What about you, young Janice? Um, <laughs> you've you've run your vocal technique studio in Tucson for what now, fifteen years.
3: Yeah, and, about that.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and you teach open throat or what is known as relaxed singing technique, A beneficial really for all genres, is that right?
2: That's correct, yes.
0: Wow. Uh, let's have a look. You're a former professor and you're also an experienced published writer and speaker in the arts, including many years as a Rhodes Scholar with the Arizona Humanities, a Z-Speaks program. Uh, Yes. Giving a series of talks on music throughout the state. Tell us a little bit about those times, if you would, Janice.
2: Well, sure. I I, um, did some freelance writing a long time ago, but when I moved to Tucson, I had a baby daughter. So I ended up doing some work at home for the Star, the Arizona Star, the Tucson Weekly, and the Phoenix New Times writing reviews and profiles, CD reviews, live performance reviews and profiles and things like that. So Mm. that gave me a little start and uh, I did I even did some restaurant reviews and <laughs> and then I ended up doing some talks before uh, Centennial Hall concerts and uh, eventually I I did some writing uh, the writing of profiles helped me get more exposure and I ended up applying for Arizona um, Humanities Council Speakers Bureau and I traveled around the state for almost 10 years, up to five times, Mm. all over, giving talks on music. Um, The most popular was Music and the Brain. (laughs) or "Can Music Make You Smarter. (laughs) Right. And another one was Music and Healing. And they were a lot of fun. And the Q&As were particularly fun because people were fascinated and and they had fascinating stories. So Mm -hmm. that was something to augment my teaching.
0: So when you travel all over Arizona... Um,
2: oh, I, I yes. guess
0: uh, there are tons of uh, talented musicians and, uh, you know, singers and so on.
2: Well, in Tucson, yes. Well, actually, Phoenix is a little bit more cosmopolitan, so there's more but and more gigs when there is gigs, when mm-hmm. there are gigs. Mm-hmm. But um, this was to public audiences who were open to the public talks at different universities, um, mostly libraries or town halls or Facilities oh, that open okay. up, up for the Humanities Council.
0: Well, drawing it's, on it's your uh, academic background and your extensive experience as a singer, uh, lyricist, arranger, producer, and band leader, I gather mm-hmm. lessons uh, can integrate uh, integrate music theory, rather songwriting, and a variety of important uh, musicianship skills, right, so to speak. So
2: exactly.
0: Let's see now. I mean, a Bachelor of Arts, Voice and Composition. An MA in world music, and I got a tricky one coming up, and a PhD <laughs> in ethnomusicology.
2: That's correct. You know, the, the more you pay, the, All right. the, the more expensive the words.
0: <laughs> well, you're They're no idiot, that's for sure. You, pardon? You, I said you're no idiot, that's for sure. You perform <laughs> in, uh, in Tucson with many of Tucson's best uh, jazz musicians as well, don't you? Tell us about that.
2: Correct. Well, I used to. Now there's so few gigs. And since I teach, well, at a minimum now, but um, there's some of the musicians who are really bereft by the COVID because that was how they made their living. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's only a few concerts uh, here and there outdoors. And so I don't do much of anything like that because it's i had them cancelled last spring so mm. that just sort of ended abruptly
0: uh, along with yeah. my studio sad, isn't it you know so much talent is just rotting virtually you know
2: yeah no, they've said somebody some reports said 70 percent of musicians are considering other other careers because it's just gone mm-hmm. but um with the studio i've been able to recapture some through online lessons but I'm still rebuilding it, so I've spent a lot of my time in isolation trying to understand. I call it, I call it, throwing a bottle into the cyber sea. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. message in a bottle. And I've been trying to learn how to work um, social media to gain more students and uh, stay afloat.
0: Well, the pandemic uh, until is... we
2: go back to performing. And I'm very, I, I miss the musicians I play with. In Tucson. I oh, really absolutely. miss
0: them. Yeah, of course, the interaction yeah. and so on. Your new website, though, is nearly done, isn't it? It's, got, uh, it's going to have something interesting on it, the Digital Music Publishing Store, where you'll have lead sheets and arrangements, and that's going to move yes. fairly soon, isn't
2: it? I'm hoping so. I keep working on it um, with a designer from out of state, and it's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, It's very hard. The notation software is particularly a steep climb, but you can make things as professional-looking as anything out there mm-hmm. now on your own computer, like many things. So it's really wonderful that that's available. And uh, lead sheets, has, it's interesting because at the turn of the last century, that's when people made money was people buying lead sheets right. for very little money. Right. But now it's come back again with pop music and classical that you can just download it. You pay the money and you can download and print out the music you want. Mm-hmm. So, but now you can do that through plugins to a website. So, that's what I'm going to have. I've written lyrics for a number of compositions with some famous musicians that um, I'm working on getting perfect <laughs> and approved, and then they will be on sale for people, and it's automatic, it's
0: wonderful. Yeah, well, once you get it it all going, yeah, Yeah. it's it's terrific. I mean, the pandemic has affected a lot of businesses, including you, I mean, your main business is a vocal studio right? Correct. Uh, strictly right. online now for the time being, but say exactly. this wasn't happening. What would happen uh, in, in a brief message? Tell us how uh, these pupils come to your home or to your studio, wherever it is. And, and, and is, that's the way you do business 100% normally.
2: Exactly. Even small uh, voc- small workshop groups I had in my house, but um, yeah, they would come and we'd do a lesson and it could be like songwriters, when they come, we're working on their voice, but we end up working on their songs mm-hmm. because I am an arranger. I've sung all kinds of music. And so I help them clarify what they're trying to say mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter what style they're writing in. I can appreciate it. And uh, it's just a matter of clearing it, uh, getting it to a clarity where they're communicating what they want to mm. more more directly to the listener. So wow. it's, it's good to have a sounding board and someone even professional writers give their work to somebody else. Yeah. To get feedback. Yeah. Well, so I do that or they miss, they need theory and I teach them theory because I've studied all that orchestration and arranging and the whole bit, uh, the whole bit and music from different parts of the world. So I was thinking today, even someone who came in and wanted to do more chanting, um, uh, Influenced by Indian music, we mm. were studying ragas, and I had taken that in graduate school for both North and South in- music of India. Right. So it was fun fun to dust those off. So right. it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, so I know a little bit about a lot
0: of things. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to ask Kim something now. By the way, you can chime in Good. on each other if you've got questions. All right. Um, let's talk about your business model, Kim.
1: Okay. So my business model is that I create memories and in the end, we all want the memories that basically could sustain you through another 2020 memories that of what you've done, time that you've spent with people, you know, those type of memories. And you never know what t- tomorrow's going to bring. So you could have travel bans where you're not allowed to travel. Mm-hmm. You could lose somebody. So, Again, it's, it's all about those memories. And if you can dream it, we can accomplish it.
0: Yeah, I think this pandemic has uh, given us all a very rude awakening of um, how we can't be so free. I mean, millions of people around the world are interested in travel. And I'm uh, me too, I love to travel, you know, and yes, there's, there's sometimes, you know, uncomfortable circumstances or you lose things or you get into uh, in, into where the plane is late or the ship is this and you're stuck here. But take all that stuff away and you're meeting new people and, and, you know, different all sorts of foods and all sorts of languages, architecture, things that you've wanted to see. I've never done Europe yet. And I even have uh, long term relatives back there. In fact, I've just started this uh, very interesting thing, you know, where, you, where your tree is and, your, and all your lineage goes back. Uh, it's quite surprising. I'm nearly the king of England at this stage. <laughs> wow. So, anyway, but uh, where does coastline travel and virtuoso travel agency come into play in your business?
1: So Virtuoso is a consortium. So, and a lot of people don't know what virt- what a consortium is. Think of Costco, Sam's Club. So it's all about the buying power. So Virtuoso is in fact our buying power for luxury hotels and the luxury line of properties. Coastline is a member of Virtuoso. So when I was looking at com- um, merging myself with a company I looked at who I wanted to be a part of, and my big one was Virtuoso. So I found then somebody that was a member of Virtuoso, mm-hmm. and that's how I became a mem- an independent contractor of Coastline Travel.
0: Okay, but I've got to ask you why. Why them then and nobody else or somebody else?
1: Well, they, their business model at this particular time, you know, post-COVID, um, was in line with something, one, that I could afford. And two, they are local, so they're down in um, the Phoenix area. So they're here in Arizona versus being a California agency.
0: Okay, okay, mm. so local is good too. I, yeah. I believe that you, um, you do have to plan... For the memories, don't you, in life, before it is too late. You know the old adage, look, I'll get there one day, we'll save up, we'll we'll go as we get older when we get older, and then all of a sudden the COVID comes along and you're locked up for God knows how long.
1: That is true. And and that goes back to your bucket list. So many people have what, you know, an idea of where (laughs) they want to go. And where is your bucket list? You know, it's like, oh, I want to do this. It's at the bottom of the drawer, the back of your mind. But sometimes, as you said, they never come out of that drawer. And then once you get to um, a COVID, and if you were traveling with somebody, they could be gone. You never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I feel that you should intentionally put your bucket list on the calendar And by putting it on the calendar, that gives you time to plan. Mm -hmm. So if you were looking at going to Japan in five years, say your 50th wedding anniversary, that gives you five years to put money aside so that Mm -hmm. on your 50th wedding anniversary, you're not sitting here saying, where am I going to come up with $20,000? I just exaggerated that. Is that
0: that how much it would cost me to get to Japan?
1: No, it would not. But (laughs) it, it, (laughs) it, it puts it out there where... You know, people. You know, it puts it in in a more sense. You know, if I understand now, I know what you're it. getting yeah. at. Yeah,
0: if you yeah. don't do anything and you decide you want to do it, all of a sudden it's a dirty big brick wall. Whereas if you have well, been putting it away for five years, it's just a little hill you've got to walk over. You know that type of exactly.
2: thing. Exactly. You know. And I think I think what's great about her business is that it's very intimidating to plan a trip nowadays, especially. And if you have someone who can guide you and make you, you can make the most of it if you have the proper advice and contacts to get good deals and to know what to expect. So I think what Kim is doing is invaluable.
0: Well, Um, I I, I sure don't have the patience. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, I want to go to somebody. You know what? I mean, you really want somebody that cares. You Mm -hmm. know, not not just a salesperson who, you know, thinking of the commission or they keep their job or they genuinely care what your likes and dislikes are, what you think you're looking for, where probably, Kim, you might even say to people, I guess, you know, look, can I be honest with you, Mary and Bill? I don't think that's for you. And let me tell you why. (laughs) Do you do you do that?
1: I do. And one of mine is I sit down with my clients and I literally ask questions. So I will have a 45 minute fact finding. And it literally is just asking you random questions. You know, like where do you stop to go get your coffee on your way to work? Or, you know, because all of those little tiny things that most people don't think of, actually play into your travels. so if you're a starbucks person or a mcdonald's person you know if i'm giving you a hotel that's a starbucks quality and you're looking at a mcdonald's quality and don't get me wrong mcdonald's coffee is amazing
0: yeah well Um, i like it so (laughs) there.
1: yeah that's so do i
0: you know if i
1: if i had to come up with a coffee i would drink the mcdonald's coffee because it's really good coffee and it's consistent every place i go but (laughs) Back to my, my, you know, if I'm looking at what is out there and I'm asking you questions, then when I come back and tell you what, you, you know, what I have and that I can do for you, it is literally planned around your likes, your dislikes, your budget, everything, so that you can, in fact, sit down with it and say, wow, this really is a one-of-a-kind trip.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you're listening to Tucson Means Business, an all-woman show today with uh, uh, Kim Middleburg from Middleburg's Travel Services, uh, who looks after you uh, personally. And the other lady is Janice Jarrett, who is a mixture of a writer and a producer and a singer and, 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 uh, you know, all sorts of stuff, vocal, particularly vocal training, uh, a lot of things. We're going to talk to her in just a second. I want to know, Kim, how long you've been in the game now. How many years in travel?
1: I started travel nineteen eighty. And so it's so over forty years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> over forty years. Okay. Um, it's it's been I I used to hand write tickets so and use a airline book versus, you know, doing everything <laughs> on the computer. Yeah.
0: I remember so, those days. That gives yeah, away my ages, years. doesn't it? Yeah.
1: It 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 is, and you'd be surprised how many people are still looking for those tickets when they go to the airport. They're like, where's my ticket? And it's like, I'm sorry. It's, you know, a piece of paper, you know. Um, So I've been around a long time. I've worked in a number of different er avenues. I've been front desk at hotels. I've been um, Ah. worked in every avenue of travel. So incentive travel, group travel, destination weddings leisure and corporate
0: so that's good experience you understand both sides of the coin there's nothing worse have you ever well you wouldn't have i suppose but i've lobbed up to a, at a lovely hotel and and the booking wasn't there and you're stranded. Yeah. The, the joints booked out you know yeah, ever had that experience thing. for uh, at all um, janice
2: um no but i know about that because of touring with musicians you it, you have to be doubly sure <laughs> <laughs> that you've got, you're going to make the gig the next one. So it's very tricky. That's why I was saying you need someone like Kim to help you arrange it because it's much more complicated than you think.
0: Yeah. Well, Kim, <laughs> needless to say, uh, you know, our world has been turned upside down the last 12 months. But what have you been doing for uh, the last 12 months? Uh, explain to us again what you started at the beginning of the show. What, what exactly have you been doing?
1: 12 months. So I have been working for another agency. So I haven't been getting paid for it, but I did not want their clients to suffer for their their actual employees having walked out. So I have literally been donating my time to another agency to recoup the funds, to find trips, fighting with cruise lines to figure out why they're paying more for a trip now than it was supposed to. Um, so that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing for the last year.
0: Now, let me understand that. Are you saying that if I book something and I couldn't get my money back from the company, you've gone into bad for me? Is that it?
1: Correct. And that's what a travel, if you're booking through a travel agent, that's their job. They're supposed to be working and being your advocate so that you're not the one having to out, be out there with the cruise lines. They're the ones out there with the cruise lines. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And has the industry implemented anything different in the last five years to stop a lot of scam operators?
1: Not really. I mean, they try. However, you have so many different facets that they can't keep up with the new things. Um, mm-hmm. And believe it or not, the industry itself, in the way of airline tickets themselves, mm-hmm. they're still back in the 70s.
0: Good Lord. So,
1: yeah. So the you, know, ancient-
0: you know how they set it up in Australia? as much as you'd okay. love to be a travel agent and all the rest of it. Number one, you've got to have licenses and pass exams and do all sorts of things. Then number two, you've got to have the money in the bank to back up if there's any downfall. So it, turn, it turns a lot of people off wanting to get into it because a lot of people want to get into it for the travel and for the enjoyment, you know what I mean? That's but so, uh,
1: There's yeah. a lot of people that, that think they're getting in and they're going to make a lot of money. And, and there's really not money to be had in the travel industry itself.
0: Why is travel insurance needed? I mean, Look, it's obvious, I guess. But other than that, do you think it's a waste of money?
1: No. But here's, yes, maybe I should reword that. Yes and no. So you have to look because a lot of people bought travel insurance and they thought they were going to be covered. But COVID is an epidemic, so it doesn't cover it. So unless you bought cancel for any reason, you were not covered and your insurance didn't pay for it. So a lot of people are really disgruntled because here they were, they bought the insurance, and yet it didn't help them. And the flip side, if you are leaving the country... There's a lot of countries out there that want to make sure that you have insurance and the insurance that you have to have will cover if you are quarantined in their country at a hotel. So at Costa Rica, you have to have a $2,000 little waiver in your insurance that says, yes, you are covered if you are quarantined in a hotel.
0: Mm. Yes, that's smart. And you could do with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, we've got her back. Uh, hi, Janice. How you doing? I'm <laughs> doing pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Thank I, I, you. The question I'd like to ask, how does one become a, a lyricist and vocal arranger?
2: Um, well, <laughs> I was a lyricist because um, when I was coming up in jazz, there were some compositions that I just loved so much, and I suddenly realized, I, you know, how do I put them in my repertoire without words? So I tried and um, and it was accepted. And then uh, composers after that or pianist composers would give me music to write lyrics for. So mm-hmm. I just started doing it because I was so fond of the music and wanted to use it and it grew from there. So um, what, then styles when I of, was,
0: uh, what styles of music then do you teach?
2: Uh, I teach all kinds, but my own personal voice is in jazz. But I teach all kinds because when I was coming up, I sang blues and rock and classical and folk and anything that I could. Um, But I felt more at home in jazz. So Mm -hmm. the jazz musicians and their compositions moved me the most. Yeah. I felt home. I felt like it was home. It's um, very demanding. In fact, my mentor in vocal work said he respected jazz musicians because they had to know classical and jazz. Right. And uh, they're very, they have to, it's really a lifelong pursuit that you can't exhaust. But um, when I, I, these compositions of some people that were my contemporaries who were coming up also a little older, but more established, their music moved me so much, I wrote for it. And when I went to L.A. and uh, the former director of the Basie band after Basie died, uh, New Mini said, ah, there's a million singers in L.A you got to get a group together. You can do it. You've got the education. Uh So I put the group together and then I went looking for charts and they were all dated. So I thought, why don't I use my own material, these collaborations? And so I started arranging um, for them. And it was great for 10 years. I could write something and then take it into the group and they'd sing it and I'd see if it worked or fix it or, it was fantastic. So that's how I became an. Arr- by necessity, I became an arranger.
0: Do your students so, uh, have to read music?
2: No, no, because uh, but we use lead sheets or we use charts, um, mm-hmm. sheet music to work together because we have to be on the same page, so to speak. But they learn, you know, just by doing it, by using the sheet, referring to it, and then we can be more accurate. Mm-hmm. But no, they don't
0: have to read music. So, um, but uh, it does
2: help them become less intimidated by theory.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. What, what about the ages, uh, levels of experience um, as far as the students?
2: Well, they concerned. can be um, – the youngest I've taught is around seven. And the oldest, you know, you either don't ask or, <laughs> or mm-hmm. now as the time goes by, I think I'm the oldest one in the room. Um, but it doesn't matter. Um, I always think of this 63-year-old uh, choir singer who was losing her voice she was pushing and and I brought her voice back to her again. She was very grateful, and so it doesn't matter you can it's technique more you people think your voice ages and you can't do it anymore. but mm-hmm. if you look at Tony Bennett singing at eighty eighty five and beyond, you know you realize proper technique and you can still have a voice, not the same one, but you know you're not as robust, but still, still you don't have yeah. to have a vibrato you can throw a cow through either.
0: what's the biggest challenge that most students have?
2: I think basically it's understanding that singing properly or correctly with, um, good technique is, is counterintuitive. And so you have to come to grips with your autonomic system doing things that you didn't ask it to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's basically your, your body is your instrument and you need to confront the automatic autonomic system. And, um, develop good breathing technique and a relaxed jaw. And so those are, that's the challenge, is doing things that, uh, re-educating the muscles, basically.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what about... So that's tough. Yeah, well, it is. Do you you have any students that uh, you feel have gained the most from your teaching?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I get a lot of uh, feedback so that I know it's working. And um, they tell me, you know, I say, How is it now after three weeks or something? I say, Well, it's easier to sing, and this is what I'm at. That's <laughs> what we're after. Uh, but I recently accidentally talked to a former student um, who was with me quite a while before he went off to college at a good um, musical theater. And then he started doing rep- repertory work. And now he's, he's getting to be an actor in LA. And he told me a story that was wonderful. He said that I was. Um, he was doing a song from a musical and he was having trouble with some phrases. And I, I insisted on him doing it a certain way. He tells me, and I would not let him do it a different way than a certain way. And then later on, he got that part that sang that song in a, in a musical repertory. So he was playing the part of that song that we worked on. And he told me that every time he sang that phrase in that song, in that production, People responded to that phrase more than anything. <laughs> and I said, okay. So if you were wondering at the value of your teaching with me, there you go.
0: <laughs> do you he uh, said, <laughs> mm-hmm. do you have a favorite uh, jazz performer?
2: Performer? Oh, goodness. I was influenced by quite a few. When I was younger, it was, of course, Billie Holiday and Betty Carter. Mm. Um, but Sarah Vaughn and Ella, you know, they're, they're people that are just... Um, monumentally beautiful and valuable and uh, show us the way even Louis Armstrong he was he's extremely influential
0: for his economy and his heart my next question to you would be this the biggest challenge we've covered students you spent some time in New York and LA what what was most important about having lived in those cities
2: I, I think it's two things. It's one is that you see the environment of the industry and all that that entails, the different levels of people striving and, and the different obstacles you encounter when you're trying to be really, really good at something. And So that professional environment is hugely important. But secondly, you meet people that are at a level that are just astounding and they're inspirational. It's like one of my closest friends for well, half a century is Kenny Barron and his facility, his abilities are just um, mind blowing. If you And the better I get, the more I appreciate what he's doing. And I know I'll never be even close on any level, but it's by knowing people in a city and seeing mm-hmm. what happens there. And L.A. was the same way, except there's very different tenor there, but um, L.A. was the same thing. The number of professionals there. Um, and we had yeah, tons of it. It's just amazing and, and some of the people that played with my group for twenty five dollars are now like world famous and touring and all that. So the the level of the talent you get is to play with you is remarkable. Just remarkable. And that that's lasting.
0: Janice Jarrett you know, is whom we're speaking yes. to. She runs Vocal Technique Studio here in Tucson. And uh, we're going to come back and I'm going to go looking for Kim somewhere in the wires. I'll find her. (laughs) But in the interim, we're going to take this break and hear from our... A wonderful sponsor our loyal sponsor in the beautiful uh, hidden jewel of the desert as i say and it's the 49ers golf and country club and of course their fabulous ring gong girl suffering badly like anybody else with restaurants these days but they are uh, sanitizing heavily people are apart and there is food to be picked up uh, you can order that particular way as well okay so we'll be back in just a sec. Tucson Means Business is proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club. They're at 12,000 Tancaverti Road. If you're not in Tucson, somewhere around the world, but visiting sometime you may get here, please go to the 49ers, even if you don't play golf, because there are wonderful things to do, like eat at the fabulous Rincon Grill Restaurant. And then there's the Fitness Center, brand new with everything that you need. Isn't that right, Casey? That's right, Mark. I'm speaking with the Director of Memberships and Tournaments and sales. He's just about chief cook and bottle washer. But he can tell us all about this wonderful fitness club. It's only brand new, really.
4: Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of funny you say that. We're um, really proud of the way that we keep it looking brand new, but it's already five years old, that building. Is it really? Yep. yep. But God, we, you never know that. We upkeep it. Um, you know, we keep it uh, looking good, looking fresh, smelling good. We try to keep the equipment maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important for people that are coming to a gym. They want to use clean, fresh well-working equipment. My word, they do. And uh, uh, one of the important things, I think, with
0: this fitness club is that it's not that you're traditional. I mean, you've got locals coming to it from right across town. There are lots of different separate type events on, aren't there, from uh, fitness type. Uh, I, I can't remember them all, but mm. the lady that runs it yep. uh, does a fabulous job. Uh, job. F- in fact, there's a few few of them get together
4: and create all these different sort of sequences. They do. They've got a, a lot of different um, group fitness classes is kind of what we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I want to say it's kind of a niche market, really. You know, there is lots of gym offerings around, obviously. Sure. You know, you got your big box box store kind of fitness centers that are, you know, they have hundreds of pieces of equipment. They've got, uh, uh, you know, classes that are, are scheduled and, and routine where ours are unique. Um you get to know the instructors really well they're your friends you know and then when you take personal care of you yeah they do you know when yeah. you don't show up to class they they want to they text you and find out hey you okay how come you're not there you know <laughs> that's a nice idea it is so so it, from yoga through to boom bunk this or that i mean they do it all there is we offer a little bit of everything we even you know we have kids dance classes we even have a woman teaching ballroom uh dance classes right now um on wednesday nights right now we have goat yoga <laughs> where you have these little pygmy goats. They they dress them up in tutus and uh, they, they walk on your back. I don't get it, but apparently it's all the it's all the rage. So. Can you imagine that? Dressed up in a tutu, walking on your back. But that's a
0: goat. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a lot of fun indeed. And of course, the one other area is the pool.
4: Yep, the pool. We have um, a five lane junior olympic sized heated year-round pool which it's uh it's tough to find uh heated water um in tucson in the winter believe it or not but uh we we maintain it we have a a youth program that swims year-round uh we've also got aqua classes right now on mondays we offer them um the pool's just been really a great uh resource for the club and its members that's fabulous so there you go you get a a really good
0: picture don't you but go to the website and casey that address again
4: uh website is 49ercc.com it's all spelled out f-o-r-t-y-n-i-n-e-r cc.com you did a good job man hey
0: thanks <laughs> casey polivchak lovely fellow talk to him personally about anything memberships the club whatever you want to do he's the director of memberships and tournaments at the infamous which is the the hidden jewel of the desert at the 49ers golf and country club proudly bringing us tucson means business and we're back i get him. I last asked you about the travel insurance. Uh, Was it a waste of money? And it wasn't. And listen, how does that work? How much should one pay and not pay?
1: Pay and not pay for travel insurance? Yes. Okay, so it is based on your travel spend. So if your travel spend is $1,000, your package for your insurance is only based on that $1,000. If your travel spend is $50,000, it's going to be higher. It will be higher because you are using the cancel for any reason versus just having the supplier hold it or not at all. Hmm. So you want to make sure you get your money back, not somebody else.
0: So Hmm. with the pandemic as it is, I mean, are hotels and airlines safe today? Do you think, I mean, how are they protecting us?
1: As far as like Marriott and Hilton's, I feel quite confident that I myself would go and stay with them because they've been very proactive, like Delta, in telling people how they're keeping you safe. Um, from bringing in fathers to clean their lobbies to, you know, on the, sh- the not the ships, but on the aircraft, the same mm-hmm. with them. I would still use my, face masks so you will use them in your lobbies anytime you're in a public area yeah, well that's a good. and one. then mm-hmm. you yeah and then you would also want to make sure that you have um hand sanitizer so when you and wipes so when you get on that plane they may have cleaned it mm-hmm. i clean off my counter and my armrest because i know for a fact than they're clean
0: yeah yeah, I would do the same on that one. I think that's just habitual. That's a good thing to do. And it's a good habit to get into, quite frankly. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen a bit of video, haven't we, with, uh, with what it looks like when not being cleaned, particularly at the airports and so on. But uh, the, beds, the beds are the ones that worry me the most to be quite honest. You know, you can, you can wipe off. They say that with the COVID, quite frankly, you've got 12 hours, sanitizer, clean, wash your hands, go to the loo, whatever you've got to do. But if someone's all over you breathing in your face and doing that and then you're rubbing your eyes and you're doing, you know, you're asking for trouble. That, that, that's the way right. it's going down. The People who are in the industry can, they've got to do so much. They've got to uh, put themselves out there a little bit more. W- what is meant by in, intentional travel? What is that?
1: intentional travel is putting on the calendar all those those wanna dos the bucket list the and here's one of the interesting thing is is that people have say you have children and you have your sweet 16th birthday um, your graduation from high school believe it or not people don't look at it in the sense where when their kids graduate they're basically gone. You know, that might be your last time that you can do a family trip is uh, when they're 18. So intentionally looking at the trip and pulling everybody into it. So instead of just saying, okay, we're going to go to Europe and you're going to do what I want to do. You look at everybody in that group that's going with you and you say, oh, Mark likes wine. So let's do a wine, you know, a wine night. Mm-hmm. And Janice likes some um, puppets. So let's have tea and
0: crumpets. So yeah. That, right. that I miss you're my including
1: crumpets. Including everybody. <laughs> I love crumpets.
0: I love them. We've got Australian crumpets that are absolutely divine. I haven't much. Getting them here is more. Uh, more uh, in America, you can get more of the English muffins, but nobody sells the crumpets. You've got to get them from an Aussie store or somewhere. In fact, I'm going to be interviewing a, a guy soon who, who our, our famous You know, yours is hot dogs and so on. I mean, I've lived here long enough. Mine is hot dogs and what have you, but in Australia we have sausage rolls and meat pies and kangaroos and football and holding cars. (laughs) But no, but the reality (laughs) is that's their staple diet and football stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, And uh, there's a guy uh, from Australia who lives in L.A., and every year he goes and feeds uh, Skid Row, you know, with um, Mm. sausage rolls. I mean, people love the food. And uh, I wish you could get uh, more across America. I know you'd like it. Uh, Travel, 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 travel. Any updates regarding the cruise lines?
1: Cruise lines are now pushed out until May. The biggest thing that everybody has to, once they get started, you can only go for seven days. So the CDC has mandated that it is a seven-day total that you can be on a ship. So Hmm. if you were to, say, book back-to-backs online, the cruise line will have to come back to you and say, pick one or the other. You cannot have both. Hmm. So it's not the cruise line. It's mandated by the CDC, and everybody is being governed by them.
0: Yeah, they're all parked at the moment, aren't they? But I'm hearing that uh, the leisure industry or cruising is starting up or has started up. Who would that be?
1: Well, some of them tried starting off, and then they had people, The first, one of the first ships that sailed had somebody where they did the COVID test. They flew from their home destination to Miami because that's where they boarded. They went in the night before, and then when they got in, they went out to dinner with all of their family who had COVID.
0: Oh, my. Yeah. Well, now you're asking for trouble, aren't you?
1: Exactly. Well, they didn't necessarily know they had COVID, but they ended up having COVID. So you look at the sense that they started out in compliance, but then they took it on the ship. So they they've now pushed it out. Some of the ones that were looking at March are now May. Mm-hmm. Some of them are out into September already canceling
0: what happens if one has purchased and and is pushed out again how long do you have to be able to utilize uh, your expenditure your purchase i mean are you given a year or two years how does it work
1: initially it was two years um but if they if you can't get on a ship they have to send it out further so they've mm-hmm. not actually made that a policy yet but I can't see them saying, oh, we gave you two years, and we couldn't sail, so tough luck, you're out. Of, no, 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 out. no,
0: no. Why don't you give the yeah. money back in that case?
1: The people didn't want it. So a lot of... So cruise lines, and the same with the airlines, and if you were using a travel agent, and it was a, you know somebody that knew the policy, you never cancel. You let them cancel. So here's the reason. If I cancel... It is a credit. If the cruise line and the airlines, if one of them cancels, you have the option of a credit or a refund. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where, and the cruise lines were also giving, you know, like a twenty-five percent. If you let your money roll, they gave you an additional twenty-five percent
0: discount on 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 the purchase price.
1: Correct. So, well, it was fun. So, say instead of a hundred dollars, you have one hundred and twenty-five. So okay. they gave an extra, yeah. So it's more money that you can use for a future cruise. Okay. So a lot of people rolled it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would you want your money back? You still have the intention of going. You still want to do the darn thing. And you've, if you've already got yes. it at a good price, why, um, you know, risk that? Yeah. Okay. So if I decided to travel, Kim, what would you suggest that I would need?
1: You would need, and and this is with anybody. So with the CDC's ruling now. And this came out yesterday that the CDC is requiring, if you are flying internationally and you're coming back into the state, 72 hours prior to coming back home, you have to have a negative COVID test. So all these people that have flights booked, they have to also consider where they're going to get that negative COVID on the country that they're going to. Mm-hmm. And somebody pointed out, they're like, Well, if you have the vaccine, will it it exempt you? And here's my answer. At the present moment, yes, it will exempt you from having to do this. However, the CDC has changed so many times their standpoint. I would base it more on at the time that you're going and looking at whatever the policy is at that time versus what's going on right now. Because if you're planning a November trip, what's going on right now does not necessarily affect
2: you in november.
0: Yeah, well, fair enough. Hmm. Makes sense to you, Janice?
2: Yes, yes, even though it's it's pretty complicated and what's hard is it's a moving target. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, Kim, so 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 let me ask you this. What about travel internationally then?
1: Internationally, you just have to one look at the country that you're going to and look at their policies. So like the Bahamas, after five days, you have to have a test. So each country has their own policy on what they want. Um, so you have to look at that. You have to look at our policy for coming back. And if you need travel insurance with that little bitty cult clause that has the quarantining. Um, scene-
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, God, you've got to think of everybody on it. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you, I mean, it's a dumb question, but why do travel agents charge fees? I mean, uh, the work involved, uh, you'd want to charge fees, wouldn't you? Because it's, uh, it's, not, it's not as if you make a lot of money as it is, and there's a lot of work involved to do the right thing. What happens, do you still, I mean, if a cruise is put back and a trip's put back and someone's paid the money, how do you survive?
1: That's why a lot of agencies are going into the charging fee model because every cruise that, or cruise or tour or whatever, they booked for 2020, they did not get paid on. So if it was canceled, they basically did 2020 for free on rebooking. And you have some people that you rebooked four or five times and you still have another year before they travel.
0: Wow. Right. And do you think the cruise lines are going to really make it a big deal to give confidence to the public that they are clean? Have you heard of what they're doing on board the ships to make sure?
1: I have, and to be honest, I would have no problem getting on a cruise ship right now. The hmm. cruise lines have, they've reduced down, so say you had a 1,000-passenger cruise ship, they're only going to put 500 people on it. Their employees. Do not get to get off the ship. When you get to a um, destination, say you were going to Cancun, you cannot just get off and wander Cancun anymore. You are on a designated bus. So if you want to get off, you can get off, do a tour, but they are containing you. Uh,
0: okay. Well, that if, that puts a different slant on it, doesn't it?
1: It does. I mean, they have stepped up like you would not believe. And, again, I would have no problem my going on a cruise or sending my son or my daughter on a cruise.
0: Oh. Mm. Well, I tell you what, we're going to give all your details in a moment for people to find you and so on. In closing, Janice, I'd like to ask you just a couple of questions. When you do perform, what's your favorite accompaniment or band?
2: Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I thought about this. Years ago, I sat in with a group downtown, Um, in a local kind of uh, showcase area and it had three Brazilians in it and uh, I after sitting in I said the boat left the dock (laughs) because it felt so different it's uh, jazz musicians doing Brazilian music isn't the same so my favorite accompaniment was when uh, I had found Alexe Viana who was a student at the U of A program for guitar and he and I rehearsed one night and did a gig and Afterwards he said, "Well, that's the first jazz gig I've ever done <laughs> and he was so good yeah. now he's a touring musician in classical and jazz and um I played with him as long as he was in town because he was too big for the room absolutely incredible player world class and uh, I met him when he was he had just learned english but in a year he spoke better than most Americans so <laughs> That was my favorite accompanist. It I've was a, so I, fun.
0: I've got a closing question for you. Okay. Why did you become a musician?
2: Ah, uh, yes. Well, I couldn't imagine doing anything else and being happy, even if I was only going to be mediocre. I wanted to do music. It just was too important to me. There you go. So I started doing singing like at three soul. years old, apparently.
0: Doing what the song was yeah. crying out to do. Hmm?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Folks, you can find Janice. Uh, go to www.vocalstudy.com, all right, and janicejarrett.com. Uh, all these right. will be on the site, so, you know, don't worry about writing them down now. Just go to TucsonBusinessRadioX.com anytime you want. It'll be up there permanently. And uh, the LinkedIn will be there as well, contact, and uh, along with the Twitter Tweet, tweet. Speaking of tweet, tweet, Kim, do you have (laughs) a bird?
2: Do I have a bird? No, I have a cat.
0: No, Kim, do you have a bird?
2: I do.
1: I have birds and ducks.
0: I thought I could hear something. And, you know, I thought it was me. I shouldn't say anything. I think I'm nuts. But see, I've got good (laughs) ears. Tweet, tweet. What sort of bird is it?
1: There's a canary and two budgies. (laughs) Cherokee.
0: When it comes to Kim Meddelberg, ladies and gentlemen, Meddelberg's Travel Services dot com. Dub dot Travel Services. It's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, everything's it online is. at TBRX, uh, LinkedIn as well, there and Twitter, and of course the Facebook. Good old proverbial Middleburgs Travel. So it's Facebook.com dot slash Middleburgs Travel Service. Uh, Janice, how come you uh, do you have a Facebook thing?
2: Yes, I do. Yes, I also have one for the Vocal Technique Studio,
0: too. Okay, good. All righty. So they're both going to be there. Ladies, thank you so much for giving up your time. Uh, Well done during the pandemic. You're in there battling and fighting and trying to do good for other people and are doing good for other people. And you love what you do. So, you know, you've got to continue on. You mightn't be making much money at the moment, but you're looking after other people and the money will come, won't it?
2: yes yeah. y- yes thank you
0: <laughs> thank you indeed kim lovely speaking with you kim middleberg and janice Jarrett on the 49 you, you're most welcome tucson means business and lovely and uh by all means uh, if you need these services or if you know somebody that could do with their services uh give them all the details won't you and thanks to the 49ers golf and country club if you've uh uh, you know, you can go out, uh, go outside in the fresh air and you can play some golf. Uh, uh, you know, there's uh, uh, sheets between drivers and people in the carts and add to that, you've, you've got your sanitizer for the clubs and so on, so it doesn't mean that you can't and, and just stay 10 feet apart. It's working for a lot of people, they're getting out doing something, others are walking and Doing the best they can, taking their doggies and pussy cats, whatever. But uh, yeah, hang in there. All right. But thanks to the 49ers Golf and Country Club. And I'll look forward to having you back again for another Tucson Means Business.